Well, oh, there's a lot of stuff going on. There's so much stuff going on, I don't even know what's going on. That's probably good, isn't it? Are you all ready to give? Amen. Well, that's exciting. <laughs> so if you notice, my flagpole outside has a little flag on it. That's because I put the big one on it, and it almost the flag almost pulled the flagpole down. <laughs> so we had to order another fl- pole. So we, so we got a medium-sized flag coming for anyway. Anyway, and just in case you want to, you can go salute the flag, play for America. I'm trying to, cl- I'm trying to create a garden out there. I want a prayer garden out there, and I'm starting to pray about it and plan it how I want to do it so we can get up and walk around out in the heat and pray. (laughs) Barbara's excited about that. She's going, well, dear Lord. Well, you know, people in Haiti walk around the heat and pray because everything's hot. I mean, there ain't no air conditioning anywhere, you know. I'm, I'm sure you ought to walk around the heat a little bit every once in a while, right, so you know what the world's going through. No, not really. You know, anyway, I just, I get excited about giving. I get excited about being benevolent. I get excited about what we can do. Amen. Amen. I'm glad you're excited about what we can do. So let's pray over offering. Father God, thank you for this, for the word of God tonight. Thank you for this church. Thank you for the youth. Thank you for the children. Thank you for what we're able to do in the world we live in. In Jesus' name, amen. I'm going to go to the book of Acts, chapter 1. I think we're going to start with 1. Let's see. It might be chapter 2. It's Acts, Acts 2. Acts, go to Acts 2. Acts 2, verse 17. Um, let me read it, then I'll start explaining it. This, verse 16. And this is that which is spoken by the prophet Joel. It will come to pass in the last day, says God. I'm going to pour out my spirit on all flesh. Your sons and daughters shall prophesy. Your young men will see visions. Your old men will dream dreams. And I guess if you want to know whether you're old or young or not, depends on whether you're seeing visions or dreams. Don't tell me if you're having dreams and you don't like it. God said you're an old man, even if you're a one. No, I'm teasing. And on my servants and my handmaidens, I'm going to pour out my spirit in those days, and they shall prophesy. You know, for years I read that, and uh, we're going to talk about dreams and visions tonight. We're going to talk about God giving us dreams and visions. But, you know, a lot of times when you read a scripture, after a while, the Spirit of God will show you that there's more to it than what you've been reading. And I've always read it from a prophetic standpoint that I've had dreams from God, and I've had visions from God about people and places and things. And I've always kind of put it in that category, and that's the end of that. But lately, as I've been studying prayer, and, and I've actually been reading Dr. Paul Youngie Cho's book, and we'll read a little bit tonight, I begin to get a little bit more insight into what he means by dreams and visions. Let me explain to you something about the way God operates. Anytime God has something he wants you to do, it's very likely that he will begin to talk to you in what I'm going to call by giving you a dream. Do you understand what I mean, a dream? 
I don't mean you go to sleep and have a dream. I'm talking about it gives you something you begin to dream about that becomes very real to you. Or he gives you a vision. The Bible says without a vision or mental image, my people perish. We have talked about this in this church, and I want to go over it again. Everything you have right now, whether it's a cell phone or a watch, started in someone's imagination. Someone thought it up, dreamed it up. Whether it was a car, you know, when all there was was horse and buggies, and people began to dream of flying, the Wright brothers, all of those things started in a person's imagination. Now, I want, you to, I want you to understand something. We're going to talk about prayers being answered. And I'm going to say something to you, and I want you to understand this. When you begin to pray about something, God will begin to deal with your imagination. Now, Satan does too in a negative way. You have to decide who you're going to give your soul over to. But a lot of times people are praying about things. And when I say that, let me, let me give you this as a, as a scripture so you can connect with me. Faith is the substance of things you hope for. Well, so here's the problem. So often with people, they're praying and they have no hope. Or their hope is displaced in a negative connotation and and they are in hopelessness or they're hearing bad reports that is causing them to think wrong and we call that hopeless. We also would say that it's the improper use of your imagination. So the question is, does God... Use your imagination. He absolutely does use your imagination. And very often when, when he has something for you to do, the first thing he's going to start doing is touching your, what you're thinking about, what you're dreaming about, what you want to do with your life. Now, I'm not going to make get, I'm not going to make you. I'm not going to ask you to turn there, but we know that Joseph, God gave Joseph a dream. And he saw himself being the, the right-hand man of a nation, and that dream propelled him to that place. God did not give him the dream so he could make everybody in the family mad. He gave him the dream so that as God was directing him, he would know he was on track. He got, he got waylaid. He got thrown in prison. He got lied about. But the dream and the vision stayed strong in him and got him to his destination. Now, I'm saying that to you because when we, I'm going to read Mark 11, 23 and 24 in a minute. And I want you to pick up something here that I believe we have not covered well. Go to Mark 11, and I'm going to go King James. If you have new King James, go to King James, old King James, old King Jimmy with me. Let's start with verse 22. Have faith in God. Now, I know you've read that a hundred times. If you've been in this church, 
you've not only read it a hundred times, you've been read 2,000 times. And yet we always hear, have the, you know, but stop for a minute and God is saying something to us. There is a way God operates. It's the way he does everything. We have, we have a hard time hearing with our mind that it is possible as a man, as a human, as a person on the earth to operate like he does. Now, that'll get you kicked out of churches. Well, oh, ain't nobody God. You ain't, you ain't God. No. But we hear, we read that Adam was made in the image and likeness of God. And, and, then, and then Romans 8, David wrote, what is man that you're mindful of him? You've made him a little lower than God. And, and that still bothers people. But, well, you can tear it out of your Bible if you want to, but it's in there. So for, for us to hear the phrase, have the God kind of faith, or have faith like God has faith, then we have to go back and study how did God do what God did. Y'all are awfully quiet, but it's okay. I have all night. So I want you to, I want you to sit back and think about this. How did he do what he did when he made the earth? How did he do it? Well, we say he spoke it. What did he do before he spoke it? Now, I want you to stop. We're gonna, we're gonna, we're gonna imagine. I'll come over here. I'm just, y'all help me. I don't. This, these people scared me. They're just looking at me. I don't know what to do. Now, I, I have an imagination, but I've always wondered, I'm, and I'm thinking time. How long? Did God plan the earth? Yeah, think, think about what you think about. I, I, I've sat back before and, and picked up like, like a, a, a robin. And I'm thinking, the detail in this bird, the wings are hollow, the heart has a certain amount of blood, the way he flaps his wings is... Is makes him fly, and then we have chimney sweeps. They don't look like a robin at all, and we have seagulls. So out of all the birds and all the animals and all the bugs and the everything, I have an imagination, if you'll let me go there a minute, I imagine God has a big house, and he has a basement, and for like one trillion years, I don't know. He went down and designed everything. Why would he not? When I built a house, we drew it. That is the point when you're drawing the house that you do the dickering with the wife. Don't do it as you're building. Leave it. Once you start building, leave it alone. How many rooms you're going to have? How many stores you're going to have? What kind of air can do? All of that goes into the blueprint. The blueprint's not the house. All it is is a sketch of what it will look like, great detail or little little bit of detail. You know, I don't know about y'all, but do y'all ever enjoy studying old history at how intricate 
in Europe, they built buildings. They, all, they were, the whole building was art. Now we just nail a board up. They got people working for years just to make the columns look right. But that's, that's the difference. And we think we have gotten better. I think we've de- degenerated. But think about this. Let's go back to God for a minute. Every tree has a purpose. Black locust is used for fence post. Don't use cedar. It won't last long. There's, there's wood for fires. There's wood for smoking steaks. There's wood for carving furniture. And every bit of that, God thought about it. I'm not talking about he spoke it. He didn't go bird B and go, golly gee, wonder what I made. (laughs) So with our finite mind, how long did he plan an eagle? How long did he plan a seagull? How long did he plan a whale? How long did he plan the size of the ocean, the distance of the... how How much... That's a lot, that's an enormous amount of detail. So I'm saying all that to you for this reason. When he makes a statement, have faith like God, when did it become wrong for you to make intricate plans on where you're going and what you're doing? Someone say amen. Y'all are. Now here's the part of faith. We, it's almost like we have, excuse my word, poo-pooed it. Well, I'll tell you what I'm believing God for. You don't even know the color of it. Are y'all out there? Did you go home? Now, when Jesus is talking about have faith in God, he's really talking about you learning to use faith at your level the same exact way God uses his. Now, I understand that we will not be creating planets, but, but can we use our imagination and create what hadn't been? You bet we have. Airplanes, hot air balloons, motorcycles. I'm gonna tell you something. I watch kids now, these kids like... Paul's age. They're crazy, but I love it. I still love it. They took a, what, what's that little thing that people got on the little, drones. Now kids are putting them together and sitting in the middle of it and flying around the neighborhood. Now, if they went through the FAA, it would take like a thousand years to get permit. They just do it in their garage and then take off. Not knowing that's not possible. Anyway, but kids now, the the creativity, no one ever told them you couldn't do it. And and you and I both know this, that before anyone ever physically flew their own drone, some kid was sitting in his bedroom one night pretending like he's Spider-Man and drawing up a full, now if I had four of these and I weigh 123 pounds and, and if I had, I mean, kids are just like. But you know, I'm, thank God they don't go to church and church will mess them up. If they come here, it won't get messed up. 
But now when it comes to you and I using faith, using faith, have you ever given thought, I'm, I'm gonna go into King James, I'm gonna read another word, are y'all ready? Have faith in God, 23, I say unto you, if you say unto this mountain, be removed, cast the seas, you not down in your heart, in your heart, in your heart, believe the things which you say, come to pass, you have what you say, verse 24, therefore I say unto you, whatever you what? Desire. Now we've kind of poo-pooed that one. But what is a desire? It's what we've been talking about. I want to fly. And I want to fly real bad. John Alexander Bell, it was that the guy that um, invented the light bulb? He said, I never messed up. He said, I learned 1,000 ways you can't do it. But what was driving him? What was driving him? Kenny, what's driving him? Desire. Desire. Here someone sees lights without candles. Now, before it happened, before it happened, where was the light bulb? Where was that light bulb? It was in him. Now, wait a minute. That is the thing that makes you the most like God. Animals don't do that. Well, they build nests. We get that. But they seem to keep building the same one every year. It's not like they've got any programming going on here, you know. So we know they're not in the same. But when he said, I've made man in my image and in my likeness, what he's really referring to is that there's this God element inside of you that says you can have whatever you desire. Now, he didn't say what God desired. That kid is not sitting around the room going, God, what do you think about me flying with a drone? I got news for you. That kid ain't even talked to God. Something in him. Now, now, all of you people, all of you older people will understand what I'm fixing to do. Young people have no idea what I'm about to do. You remember Dick Tracy? And we all thought that was cool. To, to see, see Bruce's dad's over there. He knows exactly what I'm talking about. For Dick Tracy. And then you had 86. <laughs> talking on his shoe. Y'all remember 86 talking on his shoe? Well, see, when we did that, that was crazy. You didn't talk on a phone. I mean, there's no cord on his shoe. You can't talk in your shoe. We do now. Because somebody thought, yeah, I think we can if we were to put a satellite up there and beam it down. See, I don't even, never mind, never mind. But I'm trying to show you something. Therefore, I say to you, what things, he didn't, he's not being spiritual. Ain't got nothing to do with being spiritual. He said, thang, that's Georgia. All you people in South Carolina, y'all know exactly what I'm talking about. Thang, you know. We got a thang going on here, baby. All right. Now, if he didn't want you to have thangs, he wouldn't have told you thangs. But he said thangs. That includes healing. 
that includes prosperity. He did not put a limit on that statement. Whatever thing you desire. Now, the problem with it is that we have never learned how to cultivate the desire. But it's very necessary if you want to see your prayers answered and the cultivation of it is what's happening when you're sitting in the presence of God and praying and allowing the Spirit of God to draw on your soul. That's good preaching. I could stop right now and y'all go, that's good. So there's a, pro- it, no, no, don't get mad at me. It seems to be there's a process. God did not just say, bird be. This process had been going on a while until that bird and that earth and that water and that tree and that river and that, and he went, pee! And it says, and the Holy Spirit went out over the water and, help me with the word, brooded? Is that the right word, brooded? How many of y'all know what brood chickens are? Come on, Roger, help me. What's a brood chicken? Well, they, they laid it, but it ain't a chicken yet. The chicken is going to brood it. The Holy Spirit gets on whatever it is that you've been saying that you have been dreaming and he broods over the top of your words until he brings what you've been dreaming and you've been saying to pass. Now don't get mad at me. This is not a two-hour process. Now, now we say, well, 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 with Jesus it was. No, it wasn't. What do you think he's doing 40 days in the wilderness? What do you think he did 30 years before he went into ministry? He has been brooding this. He has been, um, see, he's already, he already found his scripture. The spirit of the Lord is upon me because he's anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. The setting of captives free. He'd been, he'd been thinking about that for 30 years. Then he got baptized and he said, Holy Ghost came on him and he went, whoo, today's the day, baby. Let's go knock some devils in the head. Now, we think we're going to go do that in two hours. You're not. I'm going somewhere. Are y'all all right with this? Now, I'm going to show, I'm going to say something right here and I want y'all to hang on to me. Nothing. Impossible. That's massive. Nothing right. I mean nothing. Whatever you desire, you can dream it, baby. God can make it. Mm. How am I doing? Yeah. Now, understand something. This is the way God made Man, all men, some use it, some don't. Some do good, 
Some not so good. We got some people that say, oh, they sit around and think about this war. And they create one. Well, I'm doing pretty good. Whatever it shall say to this mountain, he's getting ahead of himself. All right, let me, 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 let me go back here for a minute. Let me go back. Pop Psalm 37.4 on the screen and then let me go find my, my, my book here. Are y'all all right? Delight yourself in the Lord and he will give you desires of your heart. Your heart is the womb you conceive the miracle in. Yeah, it is. It is in your heart that that. Now, there's another scripture. I'm not going to make you turn over there that. It says, they that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. That's not the one. Of, they that know God, Daniel 11, they that know God. What Now, now we got kids here, so I got to say this in a way that they, I bypass their mind. Adam knew Eve. Okay, ladies and gentlemen, that's as far as I'm going to go. Joseph knew not Mary. Okay. It is a word of intimacy that when a man spends time with God, God is able to get him to conceive. Once he conceives. Are y'all out there? You going? Y'all starting to get this. Now see, all of this is he who dwells in the secret place of the Most High shall abide in the shadow of the Almighty. Delight yourself in the Lord. That's a person who's on fire for God. And God will place his desires on the inside of you. Now I'm going to make a statement here before I move on to reading my book. Everything I've ever done in life, I imagined it in a chair before I ever did it. I heard a businessman make a statement one time. He said, the way I conduct my business, I spend one hour every morning dreaming of where I want to go and what I want to do. He said, it is the most productive thing I do. Amen. And this man had a business of, of, of flying cargo aircraft all over the United States, not hauling people, but stuff. And he had hundreds of them and hundreds of employees, and he was a multimillionaire, but he said, everything I've ever done, he was in the military, everything I've ever done, I did it sitting in a chair, getting it sealed on what I wanted to do, and then I went and did it. So did God. So do you. I would, when I got born again, I would see myself standing on a platform in India preaching. I couldn't afford a Coke, which was 10 cents, but I could dream I had nowhere to go. Uh, you heard me tell this story, and I'm going to read something to you in a minute. I got a cassette tape by Kenneth Copeland one year talking about flying airplanes little cassette. I plugged it in, and he's talking about flying airplanes. Well, I, that, 
I listen to it over and over and over. What's going on in me now? Faith comes by hearing, hearing by the word of God, right? Well, I got in my Honda Civic, closed the door and rolled the window down and said, clear prop. I'm not in an airplane. I'm in a car, but I don't know it. And I might be in my 20s, but no one said that I had to quit dreaming because I got older. And I pulled out on the road and I called the tower. I just made up O one Tango. I'm on Garnett Drive, headed south and, and headed to the runway uh, 18 and uh, flying to the, in the Broken Era. You say, well, you're crazy. Yeah, I got a pilot's license and started flying over the world a couple years after that. Amen. It didn't begin in an airplane. It began in a car. Oh, boy. So I'm going to ask you a question before. What are you thinking about all day? When the doctor told me I had a year to live, I planned a trip to Alaska to climb a mountain. Dead people don't climb mountains. I never allowed my mind to go to the graveyard. As a matter of fact, I've never allowed my mind to go to the graveyard. I don't care what the doctor told me. I ain't going to the graveyard. I mean, what, he said, whatever I desire. I'm going to go to, I'm go, well, before I die, I'm going to climb a mountain. You, you said, whatever I desire. Y'all, I mean, y'all there, y'all go home. If I plan a trip to Alaska, I'm going to Alaska. How? I don't have any idea. Ask Lisa out where. She's been planning to go to Hawaii since God knows how long. All right. I want to read something to you from Dr. Paul Young Cho, the preacher who built a church and seats one million people. You want to know how he learned to do that? Say yes. yes. Thank you. I was just, gosh, y'all are slow. I want you to keep her straight. Just nudge her and tell her every once in a while, say amen or something. I want to know she left. Now, when Paul Young Cho first started, he had a little tiny tent in, in a poor section of Korea and uh, probably didn't have 30 people in the whole tent. He said, in my small room, he had a little, a little room that he lived in. He had no wife at the time. I had a bare floor. I had no desk. I had a chair, nor did I have a chair or any means of transportation. I began to pray like we do for a desk, a chair, and a bicycle. When I first started praying and asking God for these items, I thought that immediately someone would open a door and hand me these three items. That is exactly the way most people think. It is not the way God does it. Once, you, once I read this, you're going to walk away and go, well, Shondai. Now, wait just a minute. I know exactly how he does it. And if, he, if they did it, then I can do it. Amen. Am I right? Amen. All right, let's follow and see what he did. When I first started asking God for these things, I thought I was going to know. I got very discouraged, and I told the Lord, Dear Lord, you know how poor we are. I have told people that I, they can have confidence in you, and you'll provide their needs. And, now, and I've been asking you for, to give me these three things, and I really need them. And I have been asking and asking and asking and asking, and you have not in given me anything. Perhaps you're going to take a long time to answer me. After all, times means nothing to you. But if you wait till I die, I won't need a chair, a desk, and a bicycle. 
Does that sound like a typical prayer, person praying? Yeah, I, I, I mean, if you're going to take forever, God, I mean, I'm down. I mean, I've been asking and asking. To my discouragement, I began to cry. No, don't feel bad. Then the peace of God settled on me. Whenever I sensed the divine presence of God, I know he's trying to speak to my heart. I got real quiet and began to listen. I settled my emotions, opened my spiritual ears. I heard a still small voice. Son, I heard you pray four months ago. He said, and I yelled, where's my answer? Your trouble, my son, is that you that you do what so many of my children do. You give me your request. They are so vague, I can't answer them. You don't realize there's dozens of chairs, many kinds of desks, and many makes of bicycles. Why don't you just get a little more specific? Now, I'm going to tell you something. Now, wait a minute. He's fixing to help us. We don't want to get too specific in case we have to go buy it. This was the turning point of my whole life. Now I have the key to getting prayers answered. I started asking, why didn't the professors in the Bible school teach? We did in ours. Perhaps they didn't realize this principle themselves. Now, what should I ask for specifically, I ask. Heavenly Father, I would like to have a desk made out of Philippine mahogany. My desk is going to be large enough for me to be able to lay out all my studies and all my books and my Bible. As far as a chair... I would like for one with a steel frame with little wheels on the bottom so I can roll around my room like a big shot executive. I smiled as I thought of myself rolling around my office in my little room there in my living room. When it came time to ask for a bicycle, I gave it a lot more thought. I said, Father, I think I want one made in the USA. At that time, there was German bikes, Japanese bikes, and Koreans. However, the one in the United States, which was a Swin at the time, I knew that, it would take extra faith because American products are very expensive and rare in Korea at this time. When I woke up the next morning, I didn't feel any great anointing in my heart. I was not the same as the night before when God spoke to me. In fact, I'm still struggling with this discouragement. How easy it is to believe God in the presence when his presence is so obvious. But when we return to normal, our faith levels goes down. It's hard to stand on the promise we received when our faith was high. This is the time to know that we don't stand on promises made to us in prayer. We must stand on the word of God in scriptures. I opened my Bible. My eyes fell on Romans 4.17. God raises the dead and calls things that be not as though they were. And we're going to get into that in a minute. We're going to get into how Abraham, how did God get Abraham in faith? Well, we're going to read in a minute. He took him outside and said, count the stars. He's giving him a mental image. I'm going to stop right there. And I want you to realize what, what Cho's doing is he now has a mental image. And it's very specific of what he wants, the desk, the chair, and, and a Schwinn bicycle. Now he, cons- now he considers himself pregnant. Your imagination in the Greek is the same word as conceive. You conceive in your imagination. I'm just going to sit and let you think about that a minute. That's why it's very important when you're praying what you're thinking about. 
My confession was very important. If God calls those things which are not, why wouldn't I do the same thing? God says that we're complete in Christ, yet we ourselves uh, and one another, we appear anything but complete. Why can God call me complete if I don't feel complete? I don't look complete. I don't act complete. Because God sees me in Christ. He does not look at us the way we are. He judges us as we, as we shall be. God practices a principle we must learn to follow. He doesn't look at the present circumstance. He, but he sees the end from the beginning and speaks as if his working is already done. I learned that at once I had prayed specifically, I received the assurance my prayer had been heard, and I had to visualize the answer and begin to speak as if I already had it taken place. I have a desk. I have a bike. I have you understand? Okay. Now, where is the bike? It's in him. When you get pregnant, where's the child? The chicken, where's the, where, what's in the egg? Chicken. How am I doing? Are y'all getting this? Everything God does, this is the way he does it. And then he said to you, you can do this too. What am I going to do, I thought, when they come? Okay, anyway, during the meeting, I shared my experience with my church, and I began to tell the people about my new chair, my new desk, my new bicycle. Knowing how poor we are, many of the people in my congregation were amazed that I had come into such great possessions. Three of the young men asked if they could come to my room and see the three things God had given me. That's when my heart stopped. And I said, Lord, what am I going to do? When they came in the room to see that it was vacant and they're, and they're going to lose faith in my word and I might as well pack up and leave town. Nobody will ever trust me again. When the young men came, they noticed that all I had in the room was a small mattress on the floor where I slept. They said, Pastor, where's the, ch- the desk, the chair, and the American bicycle? However, I found myself speaking prophetically to them. When you were in the womb, did you exist, I asked. They said, yes. Could, could anyone see you? No. You were not visible, I said confidently, knowing that, that were, they were finally getting my point. Last night, while I was in communion with the Holy Spirit, I conceived a chair, a desk, and a bike. Now, this caused him some trouble at church for a while when everyone in town started teasing him for being pregnant with a bicycle like he's some kind of a fruitcake. And it said they would rub his belly to see if they could feel the bike. Anyway, I'm going to jump way ahead of myself. And that was funny until the bike came and the desk came and the chair came. Now, he makes a statement here that as he began to pray over his church, He got pregnant with 3,000 members. He saw them. He began preaching to 3,000 people when there wasn't but a dozen in the building. But do you understand that God had taught him this? After he got the 3,000, God said, build me a sanctuary that holds 10. He said, I didn't have the faith And I went into prayer until I could see it. And once I could see it, 
I began to stand on the word and said, I have 10,000. And he grew to 10, 20, 100, quarter of a million, 500,000, 1 million people. Now I'm thinking that if he got a million people, I think we could actually do something around this church. What do you think? Think about that for just a minute. If what he said is true, and it is, I talked to you one Sunday about just getting one person saved. Is it possible for you to pray someone in and get so on fire for God that you will see them coming out of darkness to light? And uh, can you? Well, don't begin with 20 people. Begin with one. And once you do it, go to two. Are y'all out there? Now, let's talk about healing. What do you see? Well, I'm working on it. No, God ain't working on no bird. God conceived a bird. Spoke a bird. If you don't, the word of God, faith comes by hearing, hearing by the word. But faith is the substance of what you hope. The big issue with you right now is your hope. What do you see? If you don't see it yet, stay in the presence of God till you do. Let him get you pregnant. Spend time with God until that thing is real to you. The Wright brothers saw themselves flying, and they wouldn't take no for an answer until they did it. There's a lot of men on the earth that are doing things. I don't understand Elon. I mean, he's supposed to be smart but wants to go to Mars. That's sort of like intelligent stupid to me because there's no 7-Eleven or gas station there when he gets there. <laughs> never mind, never mind. But that's me. I would, but, you know, he's done a whole lot with, and I don't even know if he's born again. If he's doing it and he ain't saved, ain't, what could you do? When we built this building, the Lord's began to deal with me to buy this piece of property and build this building. I was in prayer in the other building and I saw this building. I saw the sanctuary in prayer. I saw the stage. I saw every bit of it in prayer. And I went down and I got a girl on, on, um, down near the hospital near Mills. And I said, draw what I tell you to draw. And I drew this building up because I needed you to see what I saw. And every time you would come in, I'd say, here's our church and here's where we're going. Now, you know how much money I had coming in a week at that time? $2,000. You know how much it took to run this church? $1,999. I didn't have money for a building. But God didn't tell me I needed money for a building. He said I need faith for a building. He didn't tell Abraham he needed to, to have, you know, you know all, everything lined up to have a kid. He didn't even have a body for it. He didn't even have, he was impotent. He didn't have it. And she didn't have it. Whatever it might be. But God called him the father of nations 
And it says that he was fully persuaded that God was able to give it to him, and he began to give God glory, and he called himself the father of nations while impotent. I'm doing really good. I have another story here I want to read to you, only because I think it'll help some of the men and the women in here, if you're not married. Y'all notice how quiet it gets in. I was preaching in a foreign country, and the pastor of the church asked me if I'd like to agree to pray for a woman in his church. She's a lovely lady, over 30 years old, and never been married. I know we got a one or two in here. What do you want me to pray for? I said, I want a husband. She said, shyly, what kind do you want? There's all kinds of men, I said. This sounds like a bicycle to me. <laughs> I don't know whether I ought to let Lisa do this or not, but she, she got a hold of this, and, and she made a list of everything she wanted in a man. And how many did you put on the list? Ten? More than that. Five? The last thing she wrote was, how old was I going to be over you? Not more than five years old. And the Lord said, erase that one. <laughs> he, said, Don't ask he said, don't ask me that. And she went, uh-oh. <laughs> I think she even had on there, I don't want to even be from Georgia. <laughs> but she made a list what she wanted. Are y'all okay? All right. Anyway, let me finish. I made her sit down. I gave her a piece of paper. Okay, okay, let me read this. Well, I said, uh, she said, I told God does not answer vague prayers. She prayed for many years for her husband, and her prayers had not been answered. God wanted him to, her to give him a list of exactly what she wants in a man. I said, sit down, and I gave her a piece of paper and a pen, and I said, write down one through ten. She said, okay. And so she had ten, and he said, number one, um, where was he European, Asian, or African? She said European. Number two, how tall should he be? She said six feet. Number three, what's his profession? She said school teacher. Number four, what's his main hobby? Music, she said. She went on and on until she had 10 traits written on a piece of paper. Now you might be thinking, boy, you're boxing God in. Are you? Anyway, this guy comes to town a few months later. And all the young ladies in town took a liking to him. And he didn't, give a, he didn't think anything about any of them until he met that woman. And one week, they were engaged. And he was a school teacher, six feet, European. Bam. Now, boy, now, if y'all aren't married yet, I've just helped you. I want one thing, please put down on fire for God. Not just any old man out there. You might get what you want, not want what you got. <laughs> okay, so much for Paul Young, chose book. Okay, Genesis 15, Genesis 15, 1. Let's go over there. Let's read this in the Bible on what God did with Abraham. And I think that this, this has been very powerful to me 
Let's see how I'm doing for time. Well, that's pretty good. 15.1. After these things, the word of the Lord came to Abram in a vision and said, Fear not, Abram, I am your shield and your exceeding great reward. And Abraham said, Lord God, what will you give me, seeing I go childless, and a steward of my house is Eliezer of Damascus. That's what he sees. And Abram said, Behold, behold, to me you have given me no seed. What's he thinking? And lo, one born in my house is my heir. That's all that's in his mind. And behold, the word of the Lord came and says, Thou shalt not be thy heir, but it will come forth out of your own bowels will be your heir. And he brought him forth abroad or outside. Look now toward the heaven and tell the stars if you're able to number them. And he said, So shall your seed be. And he believed the Lord and he accounted it for righteousness. What is God doing to him. He's giving him an image. He's giving him a vision. He's giving him a dream. And he's out at night and he's looking at the stars and all of a sudden he starts seeing kids. 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 Now that's what the Bible called faith in God. Now we know the Messiah had to come through the seed and we know that Abraham's faith was in Jesus. But you understand that he, even though he had one son, he already knew what God was going to do because God changed the image inside of him. So let's go back to what I said a while ago. Mark 11, whatever you desire, what you desire when you pray, believe it's granted you and you shall have not any it. What is it? Whatever it is you've been desiring. Desiring is more than I sure hope I get it. Yes, amen. It is a strong, I will have that. I will be the father of nations. I will live and I will not die. I will walk in the spirit. I will lay my hands on the sick and they shall recover. I shall operate in the gifts of the Holy Ghost. I shall be blessed coming in and I shall be blessed going out. And Abraham's blessings are mine and I have favor with God and man. And everywhere I go, I have favor with God and man. It is the way I see myself. Now, if you can't see it, why are you trying to get someone else to see it? Once you see it, it doesn't matter what anybody tells you. Hey, old Abe, let me tell you something, you old codger. (laughs) Your mama ain't going, you ain't going to have no baby and you ain't going to have no baby. Just give it up, buddy. No, I am the father of nations. That's powerful. How many times did Jesus look at someone and say, Do you believe that I'm able to do this? Yea, Lord, according to your faith, be it unto you. What do you see? What do you see? What do you see? Now, I'm giving you something very powerful right now. (laughs) 
I'm still, I still got to tell you this one story, and I know that y'all have heard it 25 times, and I just want to tell it to you again one more time. So I'm going to. Because Mark Hankins set me free from worrying about what you think. Because I heard him tell the same story over and over and over and over, and he's never even asked my permission to tell it. But years ago, now I, I, I grew up bow hunting. That means shooting deer with, with a bow. Not a wheelie bow, wheels or an ox cart. Never mind. And I grew up shooting a recurve bow. Now, I also grew up hunting deer with a shotgun. Now, the good news about a shotgun, and you can be 50 yards away and you can kill a deer with a shotgun. But if you want to shoot a deer with a bow, you're going to have to be pretty close. Like about from here to Andrew. You got, you ain't, you, well, you can, but not likely. So I, 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 was, I was on uh, an archery magazine one day and I saw a, a t-shirt. And on the t-shirt was a man standing in the woods with a longbow. And he's standing like this, arrow drawn back at a small buck quartering away about that far away. And I bought the shirt. And I said, that's me. Oh, oh, and everywhere I went, people go, I like your shirt. That's me. That's me. That's me. Now, I don't know how God takes my words and a t-shirt and turns it into reality is not my concern. But Lisa and I got an invitation to go up to Wisconsin and go hunt on a dairy farm. And the first time we went, we went up 20 degrees. Lord, help me, Jesus. One morning, zero, zero. If you've never hunted in zero, it's cold. Anyway, shot a 12-point buck up there that you could stuff a Florida deer in the cavity of it. I had to get Justin, Joshua, Justin, and Jordan to help me haul that 225, 250-pound deer out of the woods after I gutted him. He was, he was the size of an Appaloosa. Wow. He was huge. Anyway, so the first time I went, I took my shotgun. Next time I went, I said, I'm going to take my bow. And by now I had a tree stand. That's kind of the way everybody does it. And I'm, 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 I gotta, I've got to walk all the way around the property so the deer doesn't smell me and sneak in from the backside. Every morning on the way to my stand, it's dark. And I'm going through this little patch of woods and I can hear a deer get up in the dark. And then every afternoon I'd come back. And the next morning I'd go by and I'd jump this deer in the dark. One afternoon when I came back, I grabbed a chair and went over and stuck it right in the middle of the woods. There, is a, there was a tree there. Now, if y'all hunt, you understand. Y'all know what tending is? It's when a buck makes a rut and he, he puts scent in it and to let the does know he's in the area and to let all the other big bucks know all the women here are mine. It's just the way it is. Okay. If you don't understand that, I can't help you. So I set a chair down, and I'm sitting on a chair in the woods watching this rut, this rub, and the bushes are coming to about right there. 
And all of a sudden the sun's going down and a little buck steps out about from here to the men's bathroom. And I went, oh my God, a deer. There's, there's, there's a deer. Oh my. And, I, and I thought, well, he could see me. So I got down on my knees and then I can't see him. Now I'm down on my knees and I'm looking up and I can't stay here long and I had to go back down because <laughs> my legs, you know, they don't, they don't work like they used to. I can't squat for a long time. And I would look up and the deer would be there and I'd ease back down. So all of a sudden, I looked up and the deer's going. I went, oh my God, in the name of Jesus, my deer, where's my deer, where's my deer, where's my deer? And I heard something go crunch, crunch. And I turned and right about where Frank is, he's facing away exactly like the t-shirt. Exactly. Even the tree... That big round that was in the picture is right here. This is unbelievable. And I went, put an arrow in him, jumped the fence, and I went, that's the T-shirt. Now, if that would work with a deer, would it work with a job? Would it work with money? Would it work for healing? So I, what am I saying? That is me. Now, do you understand? We call things that are not, but it's not just talking it. It's not just throwing words out. There has to literally be an image down on the inside of you that you have of what you're doing or what it is you're believing God. I am healthy. I run, I'm not weary. I walk, I'm not faint. He renews my youth like a eagle's. Come on, all you old folks. Listen, I... This ain't no eagle, baby. Come on, this ain't no eagle. Now, I'm going to tell y'all something. I don't want all you older people to get mad at me. I practice walking so I don't look old. <laughs> if I catch myself, yeah, right. I go, oh, I ain't no eagle. That's a buzzard, baby. That's a buzzard. <laughs> How many of y'all are getting this? All right. Hmm. I got Romans 4. We'll go to Romans 4 and we're going to close with this. Romans 4. Y'all getting this? I'm trying to get you to understand that it's not, it's, do y'all understand this is actually a process? Do y'all see that? Do you understand that? There's more going on here than just name it, claim it, blab it, grab it, fling some words out. Whole lot more going on here. That's why Satan wants your imagination. Casting down imaginations and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God. You know, sometimes when you're reading your Bible, you're going, that would have to be God. Flying airplanes when you don't have money. Preaching in Indian when you ain't got no money, but yet I've done it all. Raising people from the dead. I've raised two people from the dead. 
but I saw it. I saw it. I learned to prophesy in my shower. You know why? There ain't nobody in there telling me I'm wrong. Boy, you screwed that one up. I'm going to tell you something else you can do. You can sing in the shower and you actually sound good. Why is it we've been so afraid to practice? The other day, Justin had a, was it a goose died? I'm pretty sure he tried to raise her from the dead if I know Justin. Well, don't blame him. Just give him enough time. He'll, have, he'll start having goose raising, duck raising from the dead faith. Bring all your geese. I'll get them. You got, you got to start somewhere, guys. You got to start. Romans 4.13. For the promise that he would be the heir of the world was not to Abraham and his seed through the law, but through the righteousness of faith. For if that which the law was heir, faith is made void and the promise of none effect because the law works wrath. Where there's no law, there's no transgression. Therefore, it's a faith that it might be by grace to the end that the promise might be sure to all the seed. Not to that only which is the law, but also the faith of Abraham, who's the father of us, of us all. As it is written, I have made you the father of many nations. Before him whom he believed, even God, who quickens the dead and calls things that are not as though they are, who against hope? Do you see that word? That's not against faith. Against hope. No hope. But yet he dreamed, though no hope. Who against hope believed in hope that he might become the father of many nations according to that which was spoken, so shall your seed be. And being not weak in faith, he considered not his body now dead. You say, but the doctor said. So? My doctor said, you're dead. And I went, so? <laughs> Are you all out there and you go home? Now, you think, well, that's easy. No, it didn't. No, it didn't. Now, listen, I'm going to have to have my imagination in one area or the other. Yes. You say, what if it fails? Well, imagining I'm dead is a guarantee I'm dead. There ain't no reason to go down that one. You say, what if the other don't work? Well, then I'll ask the Lord about it when I get to heaven. But in the meantime, I'm going to have myself some hope. I'm planning a trip to Alaska, glory be to God. But it worked. It worked. It's still working. Oh, boy, I'm doing good. I'm just having so much fun. See, we read this and think that it was all just a piece of cake. And being not weak, he considered not his own body now dead when he was 100 years old, nor the deadness of Sarah's. He staggered not at the promise of God through unbelief, was strong in faith, giving glory to God, being fully persuaded what he promised he was able to perform. 
He's sitting there talking about his family that's coming and he don't even have the ability to, to do it. That's good preaching. Now, I want you to think about this for a minute because what I showed you tonight, what I did tonight was when we went back on the word desire. We went back over the word faith is the substance of what you hope for. Here's what I found with most Christians. You don't lack faith. You're lacking hope. You've allowed the devil in your mind, and you're sitting there going, I'm not quite sure what I'm going to do. Now, I'm going to tell you one more story. Nancy, my sister, you know Brooke. When, when Brooke was two years old, I cast a demon out of Brooke. I went over to Nancy's house. Um, um, Daniel was ADHD. Her husband was in prison. She don't have a job, and her daughter's demon-possessed. That's a bad day. And I went over and laid hands on Brooke and cast the devil out of her. She called me an hour later and said, it didn't work. I said, I said it to come out, and it comes out in Jesus' name. Don't tell me it didn't work, and I hung up on her. I'm going to argue with the devil whether he's going to come out or not. He's coming out. So Nancy starts quoting the word and walking along saying that Brooke has the mind of Christ and the wisdom of God and she got in here and learned how to use the word of God. Well, Brooke's doing well until she moved back up to D.C. and Nancy tried to put her in a public school. And the public school called her retarded. What do you think happened to Brooke? Start acting retarded. She's in there, and the teachers are going, now your daughter is retarded, your daughter is retarded, your daughter is retarded. And the Lord said, get her out of here. Nancy's like, what am I going to do? You schooler, I don't know how. I'll teach you, but you'll do better than they will. Now, y'all know that Brooke just started a bridal store. And y'all, some good news? In one year, she turned $1 million. That's pretty good for a kid who spit blood in my face at two years old and growled at me like a devil. But that's what happens with Nancy never got off her faith that Brooke has the mind of Christ and the wisdom of God. Now, you think it wasn't a fight? Well, you bet it's a fight. Now, let me tell you another story. I got one minute. When Brooke, now when Nancy started having a mental image that Brooke, well, she's, she's not real social or, you know, didn't have the skills everybody else did. So Nancy's taking her to around a restaurant, see if she can get her a job. What are those people that seat you when you come in? A host. And, and, and she, all day long, Nancy can't get Brooke a job. She's going, oh, God. So she said, Lord, what, what, what do I do? He said, why don't you ask her what she wants to do? And she goes, okay, Brooke, what do you want to do? She said, I want to work in a bridal store. You know what Nancy's thinking? <laughs> in working in a bridal store. I'm doing good to get you as a hostess. Don't you? Listen, we all have our days. So Nancy took her to a bridal store. She said, go on in and ply. Hour later, Brooke ain't out. Nancy's going, they kidnapped my daughter. She walked in and she said, 
Mom, they hired me. Nancy goes, okay. Brooke went on, got on the internet and learned everything about bridal a human could know. She could tell you the name of every dress and who made it. That's because she wanted to do it. She had a desire. She became number one salesman in the whole region. Not supposed to happen. I'm preaching better than y'all, amen. Even Nancy's like, Shondai. And then she asked Brooke, what do you want to do? I want to start my own store. They did. They're starting the second one. Don't tell her she can't. Never mind. All right. I'm, I'm trying to get done. Whatever I desire. Whatever I desire. I think the biggest problem in older people is that you quit dreaming. Just down, day, down, day, down, day, do through the day. I got to do the dishes and I got to do the floor and I got to do it tomorrow and I do it once more. And you're just dead. I do not believe that God has ever put a lid on a man. I don't believe there is a lid on any human. I think even Catherine could. Absolutely. How about Diane? You think you? All right. Isn't this good? Let's pray. Father, you said whatever we desire. That's a pretty big word. Something to do with our imagination now, getting down and really starting to think about what I want to do with the rest of my life. I've already started writing books. I got some stuff I got going on nobody knows about. And it's going to blow their mind when it happens. And though I'm 69 and three quarters, I just don't care. I think I'll see it. I don't think I'll see it. I know I'll see it. Because you've been, you've been birthing something down on the inside of me now for a while. I'm going to see it. I pray over everybody in this room right now that there are things in them you're wanting them to do. And they're not thinking about it because they're thinking, that ain't, that's not possible. And I'm, Father, I'm asking you to challenge them tonight to think outside the box. Start thinking about something that may be to them really, really wild. And I pray they get so pregnant with it that they go do it. In Jesus' name, everybody said, Amen, amen, amen. Say what I desire. Whatever I desire. I can have it. Amen. Y'all get out of here and go. We got some people came here tonight just to hear me preach all the way from South Carolina. They were going to Ken Estrada's and they went, nah, let's go to Pastor Darrell Morgan. He's a better preacher. Anyway, give him a big hand for coming. God bless all of y'all. God bless you. I'll see you guys Sunday morning. Father's Day, we're going to be talking about respect. Men, you're going to want to bring your wife.
Ladies, you're going to want to bring your husband. If you don't have one, then get pregnant with one. Ha, 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 ha.